0: Sentire media. All right, thank you again. Downloading the podcast on the sixth of April. Ooh, a rare nooner. Oh, a rare nooner podcast. It is straight up twelve p.m. in beautiful Italia. It is a gorgeous sunny day. I'm Jason. That's Ashley. Ciao ciao. And together we—I <laughs> don't know if we actually operate it anymore—but <laughs> we are we are at Latavola Marke and Agriturismo in the hills of Piobico.
1: the foothills of the Peonies.
0: And there you go. Uh, what do we got going on? Well, nothing much, really. We got nothing.
1: No. Thank you guys so much for uh, requesting a podcast, but we haven't recorded one because there hasn't been a whole lot going on.
0: And we're not going to bore you with what, with what's life like in the lockdown. No, you know what it's like. You can go online and see a million yahoos putting up videos of day 62 of the quarantine. No, it is it is what you think it is. It's just like what you have. We're much luckier because we have have some space mm-hmm. so we can get out and we're not, we're literally stuck in an apartment. Um, I couldn't imagine being stuck in a tiny apartment right now, it'd be horrible. But um, the sun is shining, we've got 16 degrees and a little bit of chilly, actually chilly air coming out of the north, huh? Mm-hmm. Since the last podcast, we've had some wild weather, if you will.
1: We had snow about a week or so ago. It's
0: spring. so I know. It's all over the place. It's cold in the morning. It's nice in the afternoons. And and there you go. Well, where do you want to start? Uh, Let's start about the perks of living out here in the countryside during this time. Well,
1: one thing that's uh, producing like crazy are the chickens and the eggs.
0: And since we have uh, no guests and no one to use all these eggs, bartering is back. We take every three, yeah, one, once a week, maybe. We get about 90 eggs a week. So we take those into town and we barter them. Bartering is back, baby. We thought we were just going to take
1: them and give them away. But uh, everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These are worth something. These We're going to uh, trade them for produce the butcher is great he loves the eggs and always is asking for more and the funniest part is he not only gives us a discount on the eggs but then or i'm sorry a discount on the meat but then he like throws in another extra three or four sausages just on top. So I feel like we're getting a really good deal from the butcher for the eggs.
0: Uh, we get, uh, well, let's see. Eggs go for 35 cents a piece, except at the, uh, fish lady lady who tried to talk me down. She only (laughs) wanted to pay 30. So it's like, fine. I'm not going to argue over five cents. Jesus Christ. How much do, uh, farm fresh eggs
1: go for at the grocery store?
0: Um, well, you can't find eggs that are like that at the grocery exactly. store. Exactly. So you can't what do you find, find um, the good eggs, like the ones with the really yellow orange uh, yolks, um, those are like 160 for six. So ours are a hell of a deal, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we. It's the talk of town.
1: The pharmacist was sending me pictures of the passatelli. He was making the uh, fruta vendolo, Massimo, the fruit and vegetable guy in town. He asked, He's starting to text us for 20 eggs a week. And,
0: uh, we, got, we got a little busy. Listen, I know. We're killing it. We're killing it with eggs. I know. <laughs> so, yes. So we got that going for you're, us. You're not, we don't become rich, but it's nice. You know, you go in and get two big, giant sacks of fruits and vegetables. It's like five bucks because we traded eggs for it.
1: I know. The other day, I went grocery shopping vegetables butcher and uh, it was like everything was under it was like 10 or 12 bucks for everything and so uh keep these chickens happy the thankfully the coop is done if you've been following us on instagram i've posted a few of the pictures of it in all its glory jason was like why are you posting these i was like well it's the we we use what we've got and we couldn't quite finish it completely because still some of the building supply stores are
0: closed, so oh, we had to a, use what we had. We used what we had. It looks like uh, my first uh, pro- my first building project. Yes. It's a mess, but the chickens don't care, and it's keeping the water out. And they seem pretty happy. So we call it the bunker. It is the bunker. It is the bunker. It's a uh, pretty heavy duty for a chicken coop.
1: Uh, let's wait. Speaking of chicken coops, too, Jason now wants to. Well, he's always talked about this, but especially if. Uh, Things change out here. He's dying for pigs.
0: Oh, we've been clearing land uh, next to my <laughs> garden. There was a big kind of swath. We didn't realize how big it was of overgrown, just bramble and mm-hmm. like like tr- like spontaneous trees growing out there. We started clearing that land. And it's like holy crap! There is a Ton of space and a nice, two big nice oak trees that we can put a stall right underneath. And I'll, I want pigs. So pigs. And then he said, "Of course, if you got a pig, you needed a donkey." I want a donkey. I love donkeys. They're and two his- dogs. It just gets out of control quick. Well, they're his- donkeys are hysterical, <laughs> and I like them a lot. And uh, I want a donkey. What would we do with the donkey? Absolutely nothing. You just I just I want a donkey. So. That's the, uh, that's the plan for going into spring. But before we get going into what's going on uh, around here, we would like to announce the winner. We asked you guys to send in a photo or a little snapshot of where you listen to the podcast. And we got people from all over the world uh, sending them in like we talked about last time. And we've chosen a winner of, of what I think is the coolest place uh, someone uh, listens. And that winner is Rick Holm from Alberta, Canada. He listens from an oil field Oil field pipeline manufacturing plant in Calgary, Alberta, and he's an ultrasonic operator. I don't know what that means, but he sent us a picture of his office, and it is awesome. Maybe Jason we'll it was just
1: like, "Done. This guy wins." I, we don't even have. I don't know what we're sending him.
0: Oh. oh, you get a windbreaker. We'll send you out a windbreaker. We'll send you out a windbreaker. <laughs> we don't have
1: windbreakers, but uh, the, it was pretty much the coolest one. It's, it was really fun. Thank you guys so much for sending keep, your picks. Keep them coming.
0: I like to see it.
1: It's really neat from people sending them from there. Uh, farms with horses to just walking their dogs um, all around the world. Someone from Sydney. Yes, it's really cool. So
0: please send them. We get a kick out of it. And I can't believe that you guys listen. I read an article the other day that there are over 700,000 podcasts on iTunes. So the fact that you chose us and you downloaded it and you're actually listening and keep listening and keep listening is <laughs> quite amazing to me. So thank you very much. And Rick, you're the winner you get a you get the um, kudos award. yeah you get you get the <laughs> satisfaction in knowing that you have the coolest place that uh
1: oh yeah, you totally made Jason's day he was like, send this to your dad he'll love this picture, who's an engineer and he was like, this is awesome, so it definitely made the rounds out here oh. <laughs> 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 uh, We also have been getting some emails from past guests who have finally broken into their uh, stash of meat and cheese that they smuggled across the borders. Or the cheese you can bring back from Italy. But uh, asking what to do with it or sending us the last rind. And um, we love seeing this. However, these are things that are meant to be eaten and consumed. Yes, they last. But...
0: Our last guests were in November. And if you came here and you still have salami prosciutto cheese in a vacuum seal pack eat it it's not this isn't you're not suspending animation for for eternity open it and eat it this stuff is meant to be eaten there's no reason to keep this stuff for years it's cheese it's a salami eat them We got a few emails of, I opened it up and it's hard. Yeah, you've had it for a year. (laughs) We talk about how our pecorino, our aged pecorino, doesn't really go more than 12 to 18 months. And that's fully aged. This is not Parmigiano-Reggiano that weighs 40 kilos. This is a kilo and a half, maybe less, the whole entire wheel. Eat it open it and eat it
1: and enjoy it like that's what it's there for <laughs> it's not just like a painting you put on the wall no so, to stare at. Yeah, just to stare at this cheese that's been back sealed for <laughs> eight months so um we're happy to see the pictures and we're happy to see you guys eating it but you guys don't wait so long just enjoy it it's food
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh staying on that same line we talked about uh, a couple of podcasts ago about um uh, going to find the cool spots to eat, and they're in the z- industrial zones or where look where the truck drivers uh, eat. And we've been trying to expand our um, Italian television watching because
1: you can only watch so much news these days.
0: Yeah, we've kind of t- t- we've kind of stopped looking at the news, and we came across a great one. It is eh, co- not great. It's no,
1: but it's fun. It's called Camionisti in Trattoria, and that means truck drivers in. Uh, like restaurants like in like uh trattorias and um so this is exactly what we talked about like jason said in a previous podcast about truck stop diners it, basically it's
0: his the host is gabriele rubini who was a ex uh rugby player turned cook chef guy um it's made it's it's produced by discovery so it has that discovery channel you know wars kind of program what do i mean by the wars you know the cake wars or the storage wars or the wars where everyone's warring so it's got that you know, the re- they reset everything a hundred times and there's not a lot of... Um,
1: there's not a lot of meat and potatoes to it. No pun intended. But what is great, and like the part that's hysterical is like the money shots, if you will, of the Italians eating pasta and a lot of close-ups of it's mouths gross. and pasta.
0: I don't want to see some bearded guy sh- with a close-up shoving food in his mouth. We kind of skip over those parts.
1: But the beauty of it is each episode, this guy gets into a different tractor trailer and goes and tries three different um goes with three different drivers to three different places um the shows are broken down by either depending on the season there's four seasons either by kind of a regional zone like central italy northern italy southern italy or then the more recent seasons they started breaking it down by region so if you're traveling to italy or have plans in the future this is a cool one to check out in the zone, in the area that you might think you be, would be visiting to see what is out there. Now, not only is it kind of fun to see some of these
0: restaurants, it is a perfect
1: example of do not judge a book by its cover. No,
0: because half the places when they show the outside shot, it'd be like, I'd never go. I would there. never go there. I, I, are, are we going to get robbed and beaten if we go in, into that place? It looks like a shed. It looks like the 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 building that time forgot
1: oh, or it looks like a really bad motel hotel. hotel yet then the on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere and then the restaurant is just slamming but go ahead what? No, no. Oh, I was going to say, so not only is it, don't judge a book by its cover, but the part that I think I almost enjoy the most is the uh, like very stylized shots and the beginning and the intros of the truck drivers, because you get to see
0: the trucks. They <laughs> trick out their trucks. Um, they don't do this so much in North America, but here in Italy, they will trick out the trucks with lighting on the inside and um one guy had like
1: leather bed and and leather lined walls and like that really shiny wood um cabinets other people just kind of have super simple inside but it's
0: the outside too like oh the 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 paint jobs with the like uh naked like naked ladies or their uh, the the football club that they support or whatever it is and you look at it and go oh my god how much money did you you spend to make that Truck look as tacky as possible. Oh my
1: god! And <laughs> just so proud wow, of it. Mario! He's got
0: Mario <laughs> in the front window and giant block letters surrounded. Or in lights. Yeah, surrounded by the lights. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking to, if you're looking to um, practice your Italian or hear it, it's not a great one for listening and trying to comprehend because shocking truck drivers don't speak the cleanest Italian. A lot of dialect. A lot of dialect. A lot of mumbling, and we have a hard time kind of understanding a lot of them. Uh, the further, obviously, the further the Trek drivers are from the south, the more it's like, what the hell did he just say? I don't, I have no idea. The
1: host is pretty funny of some of the things of, you know, make sure you have had a note from your doctor before you eat this pasta. Because the, the
0: bomb <laughs> of, the caloric bomb of carbohydrates. Yes, yeah. or
1: things of, keep the vegans away. Like, he's pretty
0: funny of some of his off comments. Um, it's, it's also funny to see him transform from clean cut Uh, In season one and skinny too. He starts growing out his beard. Got a bunch of piercings. Like he's got all this shit in his ears by season four. He like morphed
1: into a truck driver by season four.
0: He must have gained 15 (laughs) kilos in in three seasons. And
1: not to mention the weight of the beard. The beard, yeah. But it's entertaining. It's fun to see the different pastas or dishes from different parts of Italy. And um, they do a quick shots kind of into the kitchen. Um, It's nice because they don't over... I mean, obviously, it's slightly overproduced, like we said, about the eating the pasta shots that are super sexy. It's
0: discovery. So Mm -hmm. it's always that really overly produced kind of program. So if
1: you're looking to find it, I don't know if you can find it on your... Just, it's on YouTube. That's what I was going to say. It's on YouTube it's or it's D-MAX, also on D-MAX. Um, D-MAX. 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 M-A-X.
0: Punto eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can find it if you want to check it out. It's, it's not bad. It's... It's
1: entertaining. It is
0: entertaining and you, they show like what the bill would be at the end. Exactly. And... and um, oh, the portion sizes are out of control. Yeah, I gotta say, I think they do it up for the cameras too because the, the the, the trough of pastas they bring out, like it's... But we've
1: seen it at the truck stop when we talked about a couple podcasts ago. I mean, the weight of... How, we talked about that. Like, yeah, it's like was... a
0: box of pasta at Exactly.
1: It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Like you don't even want to eat that much pasta.
1: No, but the fish always gets me. The fish
0: always looks delicious. So check that out. Um, Camionisti in Trattoria.
1: It's a fun one. Let's see here. What else? Well, speaking of cooking programs, everyone's been emailing us asking. Trattor- are-
0: oh, Trattoria. Why do I say Trattoria? It's Trattoria. I thought it was <sighs> Trattoria. Is it? Mm-hmm. Hard to Osteria, Trattoria. We started. St- we went back to freaking my name is ABC. We went all the way back. Fix um, all
1: of our mistakes that we have just become have become part of us and yes. our language <laughs> and try to start over and use this time to really have a italian intensive study
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. Uh, let's give a shout out to who you're working with
0: manu manu
1: italian made easy or is it italy made easy
0: it i think it's italy made easy or italy italian made, made easy. easy he's
1: got lots of videos a great online course and um he also is excellent. We like it because it's one of the first times we've had someone who is a native Italian speaker who also has a excellent command of the English language. He is a linguistics, linguistics. professor. Yeah. And so he can explain so many little things that throughout all these years, no one has ever explained to us. Every
0: Italian teacher we've had, when we ask, why is it like this? Well, because Why? It just sounds better. That's or it, the way it is. That's the way it is. It's or it just like, sounds well, better. It's like, well, that, yeah, okay, I get it. But that's not re- like, you're not helping me understand. Mm-hmm. I do like this guy. And so we spend a good couple of few hours every day. I want to, by the end of this whole thing, to actually Feel be able to. Feel more confident again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mm-hmm. Italians, our Italian sucks, So we're working on that. Um, but yes, back to the food. We've gotten a lot of emails,
1: messages, requests on Where's your online cooking class? Are you guys gonna reboot the online cooking classes?
0: No. <laughs> Let it's me a tell hard you why. No. Let me tell you why. Four or five years ago we did online cooking classes. Before there I was think a- it was like six years was ago. Was it before anyone else was really doing these kind of online cooking classes. Now if you
1: guys remember, if any of you took them, we were doing it through um what was that like shared like we they had to get a login page. It was such The, the, technology, the wasn't technology wasn't
0: there. The technology wasn't even there. So now you can go and every asshole is putting up a online video of how to make something. People who can't cook at all are putting up these videos. I just don't how. I don't care. I don't want to be another idiot with it. I I don't want to spend the time to do it. So if you'd like, they're up there. Go find them on YouTube. We have a bunch of them up there. And if you'd like to watch them, watch them. But I'm not...
1: Everyone's doing it. And we've even seen Eric repair. Like... Amazing chef out of New York City, a French chef. And why would you watch me? It. So why would we watch Jason? Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so if you want them, they're out there. Go check them out. They're years and years. You can see Fat Jason. Um, on YouTube. Oh, you can see Fat Jason on YouTube. Uh, that's a good laugh. So check those out if you want to. But no, I will not be doing them. I have no desire to do them. And
1: we might do some videos this spring from the garden on some um, of how... Kind of, we're living sustainably, if you will. I, think. I hate
0: that word. <laughs> it's such a douchey word.
1: It's all douchey. What it's do you
0: organic want? and it's sustainable.
1: You're not very woke.
0: No, I guess I'm not. <laughs> Hi, Chicha. Come on.
1: Um, what else do we have going on? Well, since we're talking about the garden, we're gonna start planting
0: today. Today, onions go in today. We've got our greenhouse set up. All the um, onions are re- uh, the onions are ready to go in. We'll plant. Let's see. What do I got sitting right there? I got a couple, few hundred onions to go in. The um, peppers and the tomatoes and all those guys are sprouted and doing their thing. We'll wait until they have two or three sets of leaves to transplant them into uh, from their little like um, pods that you that you sprout the seeds to little cups, and then from the cups, they'll go into the garden probably late May, um, and that's it. Yeah, the garden's coming along. We're and the tomatoes? Up. Tomatoes look good. Everyone's sprouted. The the uh, peppers are taking a little bit more time, but...
1: And I started a bunch of beets the other day, 120 beets, and um, a bunch of other... We've got the kohlrabi started as well. Yeah, and... we're
0: expanding a little bit this year, so that's going well, um, but that's... I know. That's basically it. We don't have... We got nothing. I know.
1: It, this is a doobie dooby doo. <laughs> There's not a lot going on out here No, right we're
0: now. trying to stay positive. We don't... We and follow
1: it, the rules, so we're not breaking rules
0: and going anywhere. So we are here all the time. Yeah, and we're not going to give... Like we said at the top, we're, we're not going to talk about what daily life is like. It is what you think it is. No one's out. Police are out, um, patro- like, um, stopping anyone who doesn't need... It. And I just don't want to be that guy. Like, if there's no reason to go out, I don't need to be that guy who decides I'm, you know, we're more important or there's, there's no reason. We, no. Every, we go to the grocery store once a week, we come back, and hopefully this will pass and Italy can start rebuilding and we can start figuring it out. And um, just like where you live, the politics here are a mess. It's a shit show. But Basically. we try to stay
1: positive, and uh, like Jason said, we're brainstorming like crazy. What what are our next ideas? <laughs> but in the meantime, we'll do a podcast every now and then just to uh, say hello and share our uh, bubbly voices with you guys. And um, we figured we'll do. I'll read a couple chapters of the book. There you go. Oh, right. we've got the military passing over right now. We've got some heavy uh, air
0: traffic. <laughs>
1: but. Anything
0: else? No, I got nothing. I
1: know it. Well, it's lunchtime. And Ooh,
0: lunchtime. Ooh, we got a good lunch today. We have filet of pork with fresh peas. Peas are coming around. That's. It smells good. I can smell the white wine. I didn't turn it. it off. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, it'll be
1: fine. Oh, one other thing. We had started talking last week, too, or last week, last time, about some of the bread. People were asking about the mill and all of this. Um, is there anything, any milling tips or when you people ask you what kind of flour are you using is there anything you'd want to shout out to anyone who's working on bread right now or any because you get really deep into this he's
0: now getting really into flour um the one uh one thing i can suggest is learn learn about flour it's the building it's the what bread is think about take cement for instance there's cement there's cement to make a patio there's cement to put up bricks there's cement stucco has cement in it so there's when you say cement there's a million different types of cement and they all have their own proper place in building or constructing something the same thing with grain each one soft wheat hard wheat winter wheat spring wheat um uh um well, what you have found out as well is we love, uh,
1: French style bread, which is a high hydration and, but Jason has come to realize through a lot of trial and error and a lot, a lot of practice and then more research as well, is that the grain from our area doesn't necessarily work with the bread, with the recipes or the type of bread that he wants to make from France
0: or... To, can you yes. explain that? Um, so we have soft wheat here, which is lower in protein, lower in gluten, if you will. Um, and I'm trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Um, if you really want to get into bread, get a book or go online and study flour. It's all about how the proteins break down and what the what um, the ash content and all the you know all this technical jargon, but. If you just go and get flour flour and expect him everything to come out correctly, it will not the mo- three ingredients flour, water salt, and it couldn 't be more difficult. I love it there 's so many variables you know we get a lot. How do you make bread it 's the stupidest question I mean, because the, the temperature and, the, and, the, and, and there 's so many things to go into it that it's, it's a little more complicated than saying, well, you take you know 1,000 grams of flour and add 750 grams of water and 22 grams of salt and mix it for eight minutes. They, the kneading the, the time and the, the resting variables. time, it's, there's so many variables. So it's not like making a pasta. ragu or making pasta. Pasta is one egg to 100 grams of flour. It's going to work. This bread is not that way. So, we see a lot of people making bread. We've got a lot of questions about making bread. And it's one of those things that it's really hard to describe all the intricacies online. Just you And if people are it into it, would you suggest you really enjoy now milling your own flour? Oh, well, I like to mill the grain because I can get exactly what I want. I can get grain from all over Italy and different parts and then um, mill it and then either make whole wheat or type one or, or double zero or whatever. And it's just a question of how much you sift it. Um, and that's the main thing is sifting. It. It's a mess. We, I'm just using, um, like these round sifters with basically mesh at the bottom. And I'm definitely going to get the white baker's lung because it's just the cloud of flour that as you sift it. So I have to figure out, um, a machine or get something to sift because mm-hmm. it's just, it's not practical to do it by hand.
1: No, but what you, and what you really realize too is when you started to do some of these more Italian breads with semolina and whatnot, when you're using the grain and the flour from
0: central Italy, it comes out every time.
1: Yeah, when you make <laughs> when you're trying to do when, you're when you make there.
0: pane comune the the crappy dry Italian bread that they have here with the flour that they have here it works perfectly but when you try to make a country French style loaf with high hydration and um steep, you know you cook it and it just it's not working out correctly because the the flour is not proper for that type of bread it's mm-hmm. listen most. When you see a loaf of bread, there's going to be four or five different flours in it. They might be some soft wheat, some hard wheat, some um, malt. There might be some f- um, uh, f- um, farina di faro, um, f- um, faro, faro flour. There might be some um, what's Manitoba, the, uh, Manitoba from from Canada because that's a nice hard hard wheat with lots of protein in it. So. There's really a lot of variables, and you're going to have to find your way. It depends on what kind of bread you want to make. The, if you want to make soft white sandwich bread, it's not the same flowers to make a focaccia.
1: Well, and for those who are super into bread, um, I'm talking outside of school since I don't make any of this. I just... And number one consumer, assaggiatore, <laughs> taste tester. But um, we've started to see more flour in our area that... Um, this one, I think, was actually more
0: from Germany, too. But that was having the W... Like, the, the markings. That's another thing. The, the difference between... In, the, in North America, they'll call it cake flour, bread flour, all-purpose flour. In uh, France and Germany, they have the W, W-150, W-240, W-370. And then here in Italy, it'll have this 0012 integrale. It's all different. It's all, it's all their way of classifying the bread. Um, and we can I can go into a whole bunch of technical stuff, but it 's boring so if you 're really into it don 't get a book on how to make bread. get a book on what is Ground grain. How does it differ? What are the how does when you add water to these different grains, how do they absorb it? How do they break how do they break down as you let it sit and ferment? There's a lot that goes into it. Getting good at it is not easy. When you go and buy a beautiful loaf of bread and it's only three or four dollars, Euros that's a steal. There's a lot that goes into making bread. And no one who makes bread is rich. So <laughs> these people who know how to do it and they're dying, they're going away because there's no money in making bread. Um, support these people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's uh, not easy to do. It's a beautiful. I've been, I've been working at it for a couple of few years. Um, and I'd love – I wish in, when I was in culinary school, I also took the bread course. I didn't take the bread course. I should have because I love bread. Um.
1: If you are going to take a bread course and you're super into it, do your research. I've looked at it for Jason as a gift before many times. He's looked at it recently as well. When we were on, um, before all of this craziness, a quick little holiday to London. We popped into a bakery that had cooking courses or, sorry, bread baking. But as soon as Jason started asking the woman any questions about the bread, any technical- like super simple questions, she was Lost. She
0: had no idea what she, I was just talking about. It's like, oh, okay. So this is just for... This. Fun
1: weekend kind yeah. of thing. So if you are really into it, talking to like a Kenny Ho out there, <laughs> um, one suggestion that we've gotten is you better start learning French as you're doing this because one of the best ways to really get into bread is not to take the weekend courses or even the Cordon Bleu in Paris, but to become a stage to intern at some of these bakeries, which is actually... His Jason's kind of um, deep down dream of waking up at three in the morning.
0: <laughs> Nothing would make me happier than waking up at three in the morning and going making bread all morning. But you need to brush up on your French, or at least uh, know the terms and know how to get yelled at. There's a million videos on YouTube, and if you really want to get into it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. But that's my one. That's my one um, suggestion: is to learn about flour, and that's it. Okay, that's done. All right. Let's go eat lunch. I'm hungry. Thank you so much for downloading, Ashley. We'll read a... Um, Stick around. Yeah, we might. And if, and if there's nothing after this, that means we didn't do it and we just put it up. <laughs> you never you never know.
1: Well, you'll know by the amount of time left on it. The That's <laughs> true.
0: If it looks like there's not a lot of time left, we didn't read.
1: Have a great one, guys. Thanks for keeping in touch. Stay and safe, stay healthy, yep, and Stay we'll home.
0: Stay home, and we'll talk to you again sometime. Ciao, ciao.
1: All right. Thanks for sticking around for another chapter or two from the untitled, unfinished, unpublished. These are chapter summaries at best, sometimes a bit longer of our first year of living in Italy. All right, here we go. We're moving on to fall. Chapter 25, the art of the mushroom hunt. I'll be here at 530 a.m. Have the coffee ready, commanded our capo, Dr. Gaggi. We knew what that meant. The conditions were right for a mushroom hunt, but not just any fungus. Today, we were seeking the ever-loved porcini. We had the perfect guide, the old godster, certified mushroom hunter and expert on everything. Mushroom lovers and diehards know that 10 to 15 days after a good rain, followed by warm, dry weather, is ideal hunting conditions for those fungi that are ready to pop. So we pulled on the wellies and trudged into the woods and learned that mushroom hunting is an art with many secrets along the way. Okay, this is one that was just a super short um, chapter summary. And... Really, the first time mushroom hunting with Gaji was hysterical because we were so excited. And anything we found, we would call him over deep into the woods. Gaji, Gaji, guarda, guarda! look, look. And our baskets were filling and he would say, shut up, zito. Keep your mouth shut. You don't want to draw attention. Don't say anything. Just make a little whistle and I'll come find you don't be hollering and hooting out here. We don't want to bring any attention to yourselves or anything that you found because where there is one, there are many. So once you let your eyes kind of relax and you start to see the floor of the uh, woods, you start to see more and more. And it was hysterical because Jason and I, like I said, we were so chipper. He would, if we ran into anyone in the woods, which it sounds like, how would you run into anyone in the woods? Well, these old guys all like get the memo It's time to go mushroom hunting. And there was quite a few people out there that we would cross paths with. And Jason would be like, top of the morning to you. (laughs) Of course, in Italian. But they would, no one was willing to really chit chat. It was, he'd say, oh, how are you doing? Are you having as good of a day as we are? And oh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. And even though their baskets, you could tell from the weight in their arms were heavy, According to them, they found nothing out there. And so we learned quickly that you keep your mouth shut, and no matter what you found, uh, you found nothing. And we've come to now know almost all of the mushroom and truffle hunters out here. And when the ones who park and go through our yard and into the backwoods, They're really pleasant. They'll show us, they'll give us some, they'll tell us what the conditions look like because we're not so much of a threat anymore, but it was just so funny that very first time we learned quick, this is secret business and this is not a uh, group activity. Activity, That's for sure. Now, when you go, if you come out as a guest and you go mushroom hunting with us, and if you're lucky enough for Gaji to be the one escorting us into the woods, it's both good news, bad news. Gaji's great because he is in his heart a teacher and he loves to point out the ones that are good, the ones that are bad, even the bad mushrooms you can pick and touch. It's not going to hurt you. And sometimes with the guests, it's fun just to collect everything you find. And we come back home and go through it. Um, But he'll find ones that are poisonous and tell the guests, okay, now try this. Put a little bit of it on your tongue. Do you feel it? Pizzica. Pizzica la lingua. It's like tickling your tongue. Okay, now spit it out. And he goes, I want you to learn what it would feel like on your tongue or taste like if you had a bad one. So you get an idea. And... um, The bad news, if you go with Gaji, not only that, he forces you to try um, poisonous mushrooms. (laughs) Don't forget, he's a doctor, so it's all right. But he also likes to forge his own trails. We've come back where we've gone out hunting for an hour or two, and it's like, Gaji, we got to get back. There's a cooking class this afternoon, and everyone who's out in the woods is supposed to be cooking dinner for another 10 or 20 guests. We got to get back. Oh, okay, okay. And he starts pulling out the roncola, his like sieve and creating his own trail to get through the woods. And I looked up and I was like, wait, why don't we take the little strata, the little road that's right here that takes us back to the car? Oh, I guess if you don't want to be adventurous. It was like, not that I don't want to be adventurous. You've been out, we've been out here for hours. These people are going to be exhausted. No one's used to walking off trail like this. It's just like totally deep in the woods. And did they have to go back? start cooking. So he's good and bad to go mushroom hunting with. The other great thing though about Italy is if you are into mushrooms and you go mushroom hunting, great. Collect the mushrooms, don't eat any, and then go directly to any pharmacy. Because at least out here, all the pharmacists will be able to tell you, you could bring them your mushrooms, and they can tell you good or bad. And sometimes it's not... To a trained eye, it's very easy, and to a trained nose, but to those of us who are still learning at times, there can be minuscule differences, so it's really important to always get them double-checked. Even after 13 years and being highly confident of the ones we can and can't eat, we still never eat them without gaudy double-checking, just to be safe. So there is definitely the art of the mushroom hunt. (laughs) So that's my little two cents on that. All right, we'll move on to a real chapter number 26, Patron Saint. It started like any other day, really. I was off to town to get online, cruising down Via Candeliano, the packed gravel road that we drive a million times a day, when all of a sudden, seriously... A black cat ran across the road. It happened so fast. I swerved hard to the left and realized I was aiming at a guardrail for the river. So I yanked it to the right. And that's when I lost all control of the rear end coming out from under me. As the, gar- As the car glided across the gravel like it was a solid sheet of ice, everything slowed down and I entered the bush. I could see every leaf on the tree. And this is when I knew for sure I was in the middle of my very first car accident. The next thing I know, I'm so prosoto, upside down, and my mind is racing. The tactical training of all those episodes of Oprah and the Discovery Channel programming on escaping death was kicking in. Assess the situation and get the hell out of here. Upside down and barricaded in the car by brush and trees, unable to escape, this is when the hammer of life would have come in handy. I calmly shut off the engine, and then the panic sets in. I scream, calling for help while feverishly honking the horn, certain the car car would explode at any moment. I had rolled so far down the hill, a passing vehicle would never notice my upturned wheels just 10 feet below. While searching for something to break open the window, Chilso appeared, an 88-year-old farmer who chopped down a tree with a machete to save me. (laughs) His hands, thick and calloused, his back hunched over with clothes as old as his dog. He can barely see as he putters into Piobico in his blue ape, or three-wheel truck. We'd always wave as he'd pass into town and wondered why he never seemed to notice. I think he's half-blind and damn near deaf, Jason said, explaining a lot. So I was surprised that Chelso, of all people, had hurt me. After I was freed, I'd convinced Chelso I had to convince Chelso that I lived at Cacamone. No, no, no. He he asked me, Where do you live? I said, I live at Cacamone. He goes, No, no, no. No one lives there. No one's lived there for years. He must have thought I had a concussion, memory loss, something. In near tears, I spoke my clearest Italian and told him, I do, I live there. But he didn't believe me. <laughs> Thank God another villager passed. Franco, or Francino, the polenta maker. He remembered me from the Transumanza and confirmed I wasn't crazy and offered to take me home. Totally shaken, I kept hugging Shelso goodbye and thanking him through the tears. I was completely overwhelmed with emotion. When I got back home, Jason was totally confused. I had just left in the car, and now I was climbing out in Frankino's ancient white Fiat without any shoes. Bursting into tears, I ran to the love of my life and threw my arms around him. What happened? He asked. He could see that I was visibly shaken and scared, aka sobbing uncontrollably. He didn't understand what was going on. Okay, I'll, put, I'll pause here for one second and give you a little bit more of the story. So I rolled the car. As I was upside down, like I said, I saw Chelso, or I could hear him And I thought, oh my God, this is the only way to get help because there's no one else around. The other two neighbors who live along our road are out of town on vacation. So I don't know how I'm going to get out. I'm literally stuck in this car. And sure enough, as he comes around, he checks on me and he goes, how many people are dead? How many dead? And I said, no one's dead. It's just me. So then he takes off to get, and I thought, oh no, where is he going? But he was coming back around and he comes back around with his roncula, his sieve, to start chopping down this tree because we couldn't get the door open. It was stuck. Half the car stuck on the side of the hill and the other half was stuck against a tree. And slowly and surely, he's able to get enough of the tree cut that my... Uh, the doors barely able to open. And what was hysterical? He's like, come, come. And I said, no. First I gave him the computer or laptop. And I said, take it and run. Because I was convinced like in a movie, the car was going to explode. And I was like, take the laptop. Well, this old man in his mid eighties had no idea what the hell a laptop was. He just like threw it behind his shoulder. like, get this out of here. Let me get the actual person out of the car. Then when he saw that I had no shoes, he wouldn't let me get out of the car again because he was like, you have no shoes. You could get hurt. I was like, screw the effing shoes. Get me out of here. So I'm able to, we're able to get the door open just enough, like I said, for the laptop to get out. And then for me to kind of slide out of the car and kind of into his arms from below. And I, I was just a mess, like, oh, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you, and hugging him. And, and he said, hold on, wait right here. And he took off for him, and I thought, where the hell is this old guy going? And he went to get me his work boots because he was so concerned that I didn't have on proper shoes. I don't even know how shoes, like, flew off my feet in the car. It wasn't like I was wearing flip-flops. So he was so darling and sweet and had to get me his old work boots. So I'd have shoes to wear to go home. And like I said, thank God Frankino passed because he was like, yes, I do know her. She does live at Kakamoni. He thought I was absolutely concussed. (laughs) So back to the story. Um, What happened? He could see I was visibly shaken and scared, sobbing uncontrollably. He didn't understand what was going on. Obviously, she was okay standing here alive and breathing, but what's all the fuss, he was wondering. And I was freaking out about the car, worried Jason would be pissed, and we didn't have the money to fix it, and what had I have just done? And at the same time, he couldn't care. He was just happy that I was there without a scratch, which made me cry even more. And Frankino kept telling me, you must just have a cafe. You're so worked up, just have a cafe. And I thought, what the hell is a cafe going to do? Maybe give me a shot or something, but I... I don't want to drink a coffee right now. As I began to tell Jason the details, breaking up intermittently or to sob and blow my nose, he asked, how come you didn't take the cell phone with you? You could have been at the bottom of a ravine. He's so practical. (laughs) Jason Jason jumped in the car with Franca and went to survey the damage, leaving me at home to calm down a bit. By the time he arrived back down the road, a crowd had gathered at the scene with half a dozen villagers there to help. From Piero Moki, whose land it was that I rolled down, the mechanic from town, and even a contractor with a tractor. It was incredible. Chelso, this sweet little old man, drove into town and was so worked up. Oh, my God. Some crazy lady has rolled down the hill. Her car is stuck. I've saved her life. Half the town showed up to help. By the time Jason was there, they were pulling, the mechanic was there pulling the car out. He, when he saw the pull, them pull the car up and out, he was like, holy shit. Maybe we should get the hammer of life. Now I know why you were so totally freaked out. And here's the craziest part. The car still worked. The mechanic ended up worse injured than I was. He turned the ignition and his eye got shot with oil. I barely had a scratch on my leg. It's amazing. So, it was a miracle that you survived this horrible accident, cried Maria Moki, my ideal Italian grandma, if you remember her from the making the booze. Holding my hand the next day, she would told me, it's because you were at the festival. All the old women agreed. There had been a recent festival in Pio Baco and we were there. Rosanna, Dr. Gaggi's wife... Her fingers knotted in rosary beads, was offering benedictions. All three ladies nodded their head, and it was settled. La Madonna saved me from certain death, because the day before, along with the rest of the community, Jason and I paraded through Piobico to celebrate Festa della Madonna. Now go light a candle. Find out what Saint's Day it is today. Santo Sergio. I looked it up. And next time, hit the cat. Rosanna continued. I figured it couldn't hurt just as it it couldn't hurt. On my knees in the church of San Cristofo, I lit a candle and said a little prayer to my new patron saint and said, thank you, Chelso. A week later, we invited everyone involved to lunch. Sorry for getting choked up. During my heartfelt thank you speech to Chelso and the other neighbors that sprang to action to help us retrieve our car, my sweet half deaf little saint, half blind, half deaf little saint stood up and said, you are my daughter now. Grabbing my hand and pulling it towards his chest, he continued. We are bound by this to forever. Now you see why I'm crying. The tears were really flowing now. Thankfully, not only to be alive, but more so incredibly overwhelmed by the love I was surrounded by in this tiny town. Wiping away his own tears, a smile crept crept across Chelsea's face. Plus, I think your husband should be very jealous because on that day you gave me more than a thousand hugs and kisses. (laughs) So I love Chelsea forever. He passed away a few years ago, but Even at his funeral, his grandchildren said that was one of his most proudest moments was to save the American in the car accident. So very lucky for my patron saint. And like I said, sorry to get a bit choked up on that one. So let's go one more just so I don't end on a teary note. The harvest. This is perfect because we are planting our onions right after I finish reading this. Chapter 27, The Harvest. In tall green wellies with a crate of homegrown veggies hoisted over his sun-tanned shoulder, adorning a proud smile, I've never thought my husband could be any sexier. It's harvest time, and Jason knows all of his hard work throughout this spring and summer has paid off. The freshman farmer has cultivated 200 pounds of tomatoes, hundreds of pounds of pomodori, and a case full of garlic, and that's just in one day. We have been a bit ambitious for our first garden, planting 600 onions, 400 tomato plants, and loads of zucchini, peppers, aubergines, garlic, lettuces, carrots, radishes, melons, spinach, pumpkins, and more. It's incredibly satisfying to serve to our guests fruits and vegetables that we have grown here on our land. The cabbages have exploded, and there are poppies in the potatoes. "'something I'd never imagined in all my life "'to hear Jason say. "'But sure enough, he was right. "'The virgin soil was ripe for a garden, "'and never before had his food tasted so good. "'Warm from the sun, "'I pop a ready-to-burst cherry tomato into my mouth "'and feel its juices explode. "'I wipe the seeds from my chin "'and can taste the summer sun "'with a pinch of dirt "'packed into the bright, sweet flavor of the tomato.' Now I understand why this is called fruit or why this is a fruit. I mentioned to Jason while he's ready to eat our sweet onions like apples. Scalding our fingers on molten hot preserves from applesauces, plum jams, jarred tomatoes to freezing zucchini bread. We plan to keep eating the fruits of our labor long into winter. It seems as if every corner I turn, there's another case of squash, onions, or garlic waiting to be eaten or processed. The word has really got out into town, and a steady stream of old men putter down our road to take a look-see at our bountiful organic garden, and Jason beams with pride. Even to this day, side note, he could never care about the Articles in international newspapers or the wonderfully thoughtful reviews from our guests. <laughs> but when an oldie drives down this long dirt road just to take a look at our garden and they turn around past the house and go right back, he never is more proud than that. Our friend Marco invites us to help his family pick olives in southern Lamarque. Marco Candy is undoubtedly Italian, in his looks and passions—with dark eyes, and hair, and skin, tight button-down shirt—he is a winemaker from Lamarque. He is our trusted sommelier, guiding our guests on tours and tastings of small family-run vineyards of the area. He is kind and hardworking, with an Australian accent when he speaks English, and for the first time I've ever heard, <laughs> for the first, the first Italian I've ever heard say okie okay. dokie okay. which cracks me up every time i could pay you an olive oil and lunch made by my mother marco proposed at six thirty in the morning how quintessentially italian i thought we're on our way i assured jason grabbed our work boots and gloves and we hit the road before seven just off the adriatic coast up the hills and down around the shallow valleys we found ourselves just outside the picturesque village of ostra in the Marche. a tiny in an tiny olive grove of 70 trees there we were taught by marco's family how to pick olives by hand gathering the nets below racing the rain clouds headed our way rewarded with a huge lunch we finished our cafe and drive with marco to the press running 24 7 during the harvest season the marble wheels turned uninterrupted mashing olives into a pulp marco explains to us the entire process and finally and we're finally able to taste our day's work all right, that's for now. Next chapter for next time will be the history of polenta. Thanks for sticking around. Have a wonderful day. And if you have any questions, want to shoot us anything, you know where to find us. Info at La Tavola Marque. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Or you can always hit me up on Ashley Bartner on Instagram or Facebook as well. All right, have a, like I said, have a wonderful day.